Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 170. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mad Cat. Hello, hello. We have Mac. Good evening, everybody. We have Ian. Greetings from whatever dimension I am in right now. And we have the dumbass himself. They call me Mellow Yellow. <laughs> Do they now? <laughs> the voices the in my yellow. head. That's what they call me. How's everybody doing? Doing pretty good. Doing yeah. okay. All right. Well, I just had a hernia surgery, so. Yay! Yay! Hey, but I, I got well. I, I finally got off all the narcotics, you know, so I'm just on Advil and Tylenol for pain management, so that's a good thing. You should have come on when you were still on the narcotics. That would have been a lot more fun. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it would have. Uh, I, I, I didn't take <laughs> it enough. Might have been interesting. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I didn't take enough to make me loopy. I don't think. I, I can't. They just make me sick. Ooh. Yeah. Delicious. So yeah, they're terrible. I don't do well on them. In fact, I had a guy at work where, who I'm like, yeah, the narcotics just make me sick. He's like, pussy. <laughs> 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 wow. Yeah, yeah, he 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 really likes um his uh, his opiate painkillers, so he Ah, <laughs> uh, so you know other than that, you know, hey, things are going good. Good. I shouldn't I should never have to have this surgery again. I hope not, but we're glad that you got through really well. Yes. <laughs> I was praying for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's funny. So I put up a I put up on Facebook, you know, asking people not to pray to me and then and then I put up the information about the uh um the the uh, what is it, the Templeton Foundation when they did their prayer study for uh, people after heart surgery and complications? <laughs> so I thought it was, I thought it was funny, but it's, so people were praying to give me complications. I think if they were praying at that point, it was to make things worse. So th- so thanks, uh, dumbass. I was just praying to pray for the sake of praying. Is that uh, just practicing? Yep. Well, nothing happened. No complications. Thank goodness. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> It was probably my lack of prayer that saved you. There we go. There we go. I didn't even know you were gone, so. Well, yeah, well, you know. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. (laughs) All right, well, if if there's not anything else, then you know what we have to do. What do we have to do, Mad Cat? Ah, yes, master. (laughs) I sound so excited. (laughs) I know you do. Wow. The Amateur Skeptics present... Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Uh, I have to go to Masturbation, really? Uh. Really? The husband and I only did that in New York. <laughs> Continue. Not how long. <laughs> Uh, all right, so female ejaculation, it it it's pee or it's not? Um, actually, it sounds like it isn't. It isn't at the same time. So to pee or not to pee? That is the question. Is it pee or not? Yes. Um. So basically, a French study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine suggests that yes, some urine is probably involved in the female ejaculation. Basically, what they did was they took women, did a ultrasound on them to see how full their bladders were. Have them go to the restroom, come back, do an ultrasound to make sure their bladders were empty. Have them get sexually excited somehow, either on their own or with a partner. Then before they actually got to the orgasming part, they went and did another ultrasound to see that, okay, the bladder has gotten full now. After, and basically the women were specifically picked because they were squirters. So after they squirted, uh, they went and did another ultrasound and determined their bladders were actually empty at that. And they 
this is the point I'd, I'd love to see how they did, but they actually were able to gather the um, liquid that was being squirted out in baggies and um, do some analysis on that as well. So, was this experiment done in Japan? <laughs> French. <laughs> French study. Good old France. Yeah, it wasn't done in a vending machine. <laughs> but so it was basically determined that um there is urine in there but it's pretty highly diluted there is um the whatever i forget what they call it but the other excretions the female body and they basically it's not that big of a deal it's, it's not really anything to be concerned with if you're you know worried about that stuff but um it says there's also some urine in male ejaculation as well yeah. so well not surprising when the plumbing's kind of you know right there together you're going to have a, a little overlap. You have to figure that. Right, but didn't this... So this study suggested that that the bladder was filling, just not with urine. Well, the b- bladder got full and pee did come out. There was, uh, there was a, um, okay. like I said, a diluted pee in, found in the liquid, in the fluid sample. Um, but it wasn't like a highly concentrated pee. So it's in there. Um, now, admittedly, this article even says that it, the, the study... the um, the study group itself was pretty small, and the, you know a few things. This isn't the best study to go by, but um, you know it, it's done, and it, it suggests something that makes sense. You know, I was so, I, I was wondering about that. I was watching um, this YouTube video by some girl who did like sexual fact type uh, education videos, and she was very skeptical of the idea that uh, it was anything but urine. And she was saying that she 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 basically out and said it's a total myth, guy. That's it's completely urine. Well, but here's the thing: is that they're claiming that the fluid is probably well. Okay, the the assumption I guess is that it's coming from the female prostate gland. It would seem like if that was the case that you should be able to show that that gland was had fluid in it. Can can you see that when you're doing the ultrasound? It doesn't say in the article. So it seems like they missed a very important step for for confirming their conclusion. Right. And well, that's the thing. It, Go ahead. At least it wasn't Japan. It would have been a <laughs> show then. Well, <laughs> it just seems to me that the quality of this study seems to be as good as my beer pong um, study, which admitted right from the beginning that it wasn't good science. Yeah, well, this is kind of a beginning thing. Okay. They got, they, they, to me, that's what it looks like. They got some interesting um, results from the start. It was, like I said, it was a small study, small group. All the women were squirters. It, it's not completely accurate, but it does give a, you know, a, a beginning. Say, okay, this is what we discovered from this group. Where can we go from here to get more accurate to figure out, you know, exactly what's going on? Yeah. Okay. So I guess, I guess, my question is, what? What sort of um, what sort of evolutionary need does this fulfill? See, I'm wondering. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> because here's the thing: is that if it is, if it is the female prostate gland, it may not be filling, fulfilling a need. It may just be an an after effect, right? It feels the need. For, it feels the need in in males. So, what does the female prostate gland do in in female reproduction? I guess that would need to be identified. Yeah, well- that might be that, and that that might be true. It might just be part of the lubrication process. I mean, a majority yeah. of women don't squirt, so it, it's not like something that we as human need in the sexual process. I don't know. We need to be perverted in some way or another, and there has to be more perversions out there for people to find. So it's a very logical thing to have a, a word perversion like that for guys <laughs> to get off on. Besides, I mean, how else would you have uh, them? <laughs> Well, it's it's fun. How to else think would of... you get golden showers for 
Trump? Trump? <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> it's fun to think of like just those stories about uh, what purpose something can serve, could serve evolutionarily, but not every aspect of things we do, uh, things that happen in our bodies, really serves an evolutionary purpose. Right, it doesn't right. have to. Some things just serve a natural purpose in which the body requires. I mean, like I said, here's the thing, if it doesn't it, serve a purpose, it's more likely to go away than something that does serve a purpose. Exactly. So purpose can right. be different than a... Yeah, I was just going to say, it could be a byproduct of some other aspect of our bodies that uh, do that does serve a purpose, and right. this is just something that comes along with it. Well, I think that lubrication makes a lot of sense, that, that it could be very likely that that's what, what the female prostate is being used for. But I, but I have never seen anything to suggest what it's being used for. Other than we saw the studies showing that it wasn't part, uh, it wasn't the G-spot, right? Well... It's still interesting, and, and the fact that people are still looking into it, I think, is a good thing. But yeah, they, they, they're they going to need to get a little bit more rigorous with, with what they're looking for, I think. But the question is, can a bird smell it? Uh, that I is a very so. good question. That is an extremely <laughs> good question. So uh, for about 100 years or so, we've had this idea that birds don't smell anything. And I'm not sure where the idea comes from. Um, it could be from the fact that birds don't necessarily have... A recognizable nose. Uh, they don't really have a recognizable face to a lot of humans. On the other hand, anybody who has a parrot can tell you that they tend to attract to areas of the human body. Like if you ever had a conure buried in your armpit and rolling in your armpit, you know that they're smelling something. <clears throat> um, this first article here was about a biologist who took a basically she took a, an ocean voyage trying to figure out if the the birds that fly long distances over water, how they were trying to detect their food. And she found out that with just a little bit of this, this fishy smelling liquid that she had, um, she initially started off putting this on tampons on kites. And she had to ground the kites very quickly because she was finding out that she was going to end up with kites wrapped with birds if she didn't watch herself. So the next thing was she put it out onto the water and she found that she'd get birds, you know, loons, albatross. Um, she'd find these birds attracted to it and landing on these areas to try to find the food. How do we so know that are was we, because... Are we calling her now no. the Benjamin Franklin of uh, fish tampons? Uh, we could be calling her that, yes. I guess the question is, what other what could there, is there another reason that other than smell that they might have been attracted? And you know, from what we've got here, she doesn't seem to think so. The guy that she talked to later on, she got grounded by an injury and happened to happened to meet up with somebody who was studying something else who had some good information. What he was talking about was was krill, right? The fact that krill puts off this certain smell, but mm -hmm. she did find out though. As she did study, when she exposed the birds to air with food scent in it, she was able to detect that their their interest spiked by testing electrodes on their olfactory bulbs. 
and she found that the signal spiked on those on those electrodes. So they are definitely smelling things. Their olfactory bulbs are definitely detecting things and reacting. What I don't understand is why that anyone would think that birds can't smell, considering the factor that we have known things like the turkey vulture can smell from great distances away, yeah. and as well seagulls. So why wouldn't other birds smell? It does seem like ground birds have a better sense of smell than flighted birds. You know, it's interesting. I I actually heard like somebody told me I like I probably a myth or something, but I, I heard some, what somebody say that some people think that if you mess with a bird's eggs or something, that they'll be able to smell you, smell it. That's, yeah, they'll reject the that. the eggs in. And, and, and then they said, but that's actually a myth because birds a myth. don't have a great sense of smell. I, you know what? Um, it probably depends on the type of bird. Because I, I'm imagining, like with mammals, you know, scent varies. Birds, it probably varies as well. Yeah, it does. But to think that, you know, turkey vultures and seagulls can smell things, but no other birds can is exactly. really the – it's really the height of – it's illogical yeah. to think that, you know, the sense of smell might diminish in some birds, but not completely atrophy. But I guess, I guess, like, the fact that some people believed that birds would reject their eggs because of the smell shows that not everybody believes that uh, birds don't have a sense of smell. That's true, yeah. Well, there's a lot of myths about, about messing with songbirds when you're growing up. I got told, don't ever touch a bird's nest because they're full of lice. And that's and not sometimes they are. Uh, not all not, the time. It's... The Most bir- birds are probably a lot cleaner than humans are. Oh, and they would probably yeah, eat the lice. But- I mean, that's that's the other thing is that, I mean, they would probably eat them. That would be a food source yeah. if they were there. Well, it depends on the situation with the particular bird because a bird might accidentally get in an area where there's lice and covered in lice and have it in their nest where other birds have not gotten into that situation. So it talks about the kukapo. <laughs> Uh, which is the which is the world's only ground parrot, and the, the mm-hmm. good sense of smell that it has. A very strong one. Yeah, it does. It's, which which actually gives a little bit more credence to their to their ability to breed, considering. Um, well, you know, they the cockapos only come into female cockapos only come into season when this certain berry comes into flower. Hmm. So, and the male cockapos basically dig a bowl. And boom into that bowl for hundreds of miles, hoping that a female is within range to hear them. So if if they can smell, it gives them a much better chance. If they can smell one another and smell things, it gives them a much better chance of actually finding each other than, you know, following the echoes. So they're kind of like construction workers. Um, they yeah. make a bowl and they go yelling at any woman that goes past. Pretty much, yeah. I, I still think, you know, it'd be nice to know where this idea came from in the first place. About birds not having a sense of smell? Yeah. I would love to know about that, too. I, I wonder if it, I, you know, I, I said at the beginning here, I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that birds don't necessarily have a recognizable face to mammals. It, it could be. I mean, they definitely have nose holes, right? So Yeah, yeah. but they're kind of alien to us. Is, yeah, I suppose but that's people true. are stupid. Right, but fish are even fish are just as alien, and nobody would say they can't smell. I mean, we have that's very true. Sharks, well, yeah, sharks can smell. I mean, so yeah, um, you look at lobsters and such, and they don't have a recognizable. Right, but they but they they definitely smell, smell usually after about yes. three days. Well, probably two. Yes, even Particularly if they're in your refriger- tank. Uh, I was going to say unrefrigerated. They smell after about three days. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the bottom of the article is talking about the fact that she's actually going to be working with the CIA to see if uh, see if birds can smell volatiles associated with plastic explosives. Yeah, that's a, that'll that'll be an interesting. That's um, interesting. Yeah, because yeah. if if we've got birds automatically shying away from plastic explosives, then that would help an awful lot of a lot of things that are being done care of what's coming into the countries. Yep. Damn, that is an airy-looking bird, the turkey vulture. Oh yeah, they're scary bird. <laughs> oh yeah, I've I've seen them here in I've seen them here in, um, well in Englewood. There is a up off of up off of Quincy and Kipling. There's a prison up there, and I've seen a couple times at these vacant lots where the prairie dogs burrow. I've seen a couple times turkey vultures landed in there, and I I can't help but wonder, you know, turkey vulture actually lands inside the prison, and how's that going over? Probably not all that well. Dead man flocking. Dead man flocking. (laughs) So, uh, I guess the question I have is where does the turkey vulture buy its jewelry? Where? Probably from Melania Trump. Uh, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Mad Cat, that's your cue. That's my cue, I know. (laughs) Well, apparently they. So it says here, White House website already promotes Melania Trump's jewelry line just hours after her husband was inaugurated. So White this was on the White House site? Yep. Oh, my God. It's in her biography. Oh, well. Okay. Okay, that's that's not unreasonable. It's not like they put up a a full-page ad. Right. Well, that's the thing. Uh, This is one (laughs) – there's so many things wrong with Trump and – yeah, you know, you, we could do a whole podcast if we wanted to do one. Well, about I guess I'm surprised because who the how did they even find this? Because who the fuck's going to read her page? Well, um, anybody the, the looking big... for nude shots? <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Pretty the much. Bigger pretty thing much what... I, went... <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if those had end up on there too. But the bigger thing is they pulled the LGBT um, okay. stuff. They pulled what else? They pulled like four or five different human things. rights. So human it's... rights. Uh, environmentalist stuff, all, all the stuff that Trump doesn't give a damn about got pulled right off the bat. Okay, so number one, got rid of the key environmental rules. So all the stuff that all the stuff that uh, Obama had been um, doing, you know, for environmental rules and stuff like that, that had been up, gone. All the stuff on the, so it says, g- gone quiet on gay issues. So all the LBGT. Basically, the stuff that the majority of the people were afraid of would be um, happening it looks like it's happening. Right. So civil yeah. civil rights are no longer on the list. So that they've removed all the all the civil rights stuff that was on there. Yeah. Um, and uh, military uh, buildup is coming. They say. So that they're Which is ta- quite odd because we have the strongest military in the world by like what five times. Yeah, but we got to make it great again. So you know what. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. That if we're five times bigger than any other country in the world, okay. What it's uh, what it says here is that they want to do. They're they're going to look at once again at missile defense programs. And here's the thing: is I thought that those were scrapped because they didn't work. They never got yeah. those to work. Not because not because um not because Obama didn't want to fund them, but because they couldn't get it to work properly. So the projects got scrapped. So. That you know, but well, this yeah, is... but you're you're not taking into account the fact that that Trump has an excellent brain and he understands strategy. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well. Anyway. So. So. The, but we need these missile defense programs because of the growing threat of North Korea and Iraq. 
Yet we still have more than enough missiles to deal with them anyways. That, that's the other thing with that. It's like, what, what do we need to build up? we already proven we don't need more missiles to blow up the world. We have enough right now as it is to wipe out life on Earth. Yeah. So, and as far as like the civil rights stuff go, so um, Trump is complaining about how our, how, you know, we've become so anti-police and so he's going to make the police great again. And uh, I, I would like to recommend a correction there. Like, wipe out life on Earth except for cockroaches and glowfish. So Trump lives. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. That's the plan. Suddenly it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> there you go. The dangerous anti-police atmosphere in America is wrong. Our um, our job is not to make life more comfortable for the rioters and looters and violent. You know, so it, it's just amazing to me. You know, one of the one of the things when you talk to ex law enforcement, the, one of the big things that law enforcement gets wrong is that that the, there's that they um, forget that they're supposed to be part of the community. If that was happening more, if they were engaging more, you know, we we might have fewer of these anti. Um, police sentiments. So, and, well, but instead it's, of it's, it's both ways, though, too, Brian. Uh, you know, both the police are forgetting that they're part of the community, and the community thinks the police are not part of the community. So okay, well, that it goes it goes both ways. But whose job is it to fix that? I guess is the question, right? So maybe maybe that's a discussion for another time. But the thing, but making them more militaristic, which it kind of looks like this, the, is is kind of where they're going, isn't going to help the problem. And then, of course, the site is no longer um, – the, all the accessibility features are gone. So, like, you know, all, uh, anything that they had put on there, you know, to help um, um, with the disabled access the website are gone. But but in what this article says, those might actually have to come back because of federal laws. So that – but that kills me. It's like, so anything that made it handicap accessible or disabled accessible in any way they scrapped? What the fuck are they thinking? Okay, so I go. I got. I have a question to ask. Um, somebody brought it to my attention earlier today that wiping stuff off the website, the website being being clean for the next president, actually happens with every presidency. So, well, but it's just you, it's the stuff but, he put back up. Okay, but you know we don't know if this stuff is not going back up. I'm just I'm I'm just simply saying that. For the sake of for the sake of accuracy, we need to basically point out that some of this may be normal transitional stuff. Okay, how long do we give them before before we say this stuff's not coming back? Uh, let's say two weeks. Two weeks? Wow, that you, that's a lot of time. It won't be back. No. <laughs> if they were going to wipe it, they normally you would think that they would have had everything set up and, to go right back. And on. I don't think that it was a, a complete clean slate either, right? It was just key things that were removed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I'm just trying to. I'm just playing. Uh, I'm just playing sympathy playing for the, the advocate. Right, you're just playing the Trump advocate. Yeah, we got it. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, something I was thinking about re- regarding, like we were, you're saying about uh, Melania's stuff earlier, and you know, who, who's the p- person who's actually, you know, keeping track of it, and like, you know, going to Melania's page. I was just wondering, like, remember when uh, when she did that plagiarized uh, speech? And I think to myself, I was just thinking to myself. All right, who, who's the one who's memorized all the other political speeches in the past and have referenced? Uh, well, there, there are yeah, people that do study speeches that would probably catch something like that. Although Donald Trump's inauguration um, may or may not have stolen a line out of the villain Bane from um, The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> and I know you're angry about that, Ian, because that is your favorite movie. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> well, okay, so what was funny at that said, since the point it was announced that Melania Trump helped to write some of the speech, and so Stephen Colbert, quick correction, it was actually Brian Keith Dalton, Mr. Deity, that did the speech. 
did 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 the speech that he thought that Melania would have written. And it was I saw that a complete plagiarization. Every every everything you could possibly plagiarize was was in that speech. It was fantastic. <laughs> and then of course Trump had his inauguration cake plagiarized from when Obama had gotten. Well, whatever. It, I mean, yeah, well, who, no, if if we want to dog on Trump for all the stupid stuff going on, we we could do a whole podcast. Okay, it. but here's the thing: is that I I don't I'm not so much concerned about that. It's the outright yeah. lying that they're getting oh, yeah. away with. So no they, no no the alternate. Fact. Oh shit! Yes, alternate <laughs> facts. Remember that. Yeah, alt facts. There's also alternate amount of people who went to the inauguration. There you go. That was one I was just thinking of. So they announced that it was the largest inauguration ever, and uh, oh, and of course, wow. we, you know, they, it, they, they actually said it that largest. Like yes, yes. The Trump press said. Yes, the press secretary. Trump's the, puppet. Yeah, Trump's. Well, they're all Trump's puppets. I mean, let's face it. Uh, yeah. So no, we, we, like it, we he feels comfortable just like making stuff up. Right. Yeah, exactly. He is. And here's the thing is that so when you with you when you confront him about it, you know, he gets mad because you're not being nice to him. Yeah. Well, no, I love and this is OK. One report um, Saturday Night Live writer crossed the line and was making fun of his 10 year old son. And I, okay. that was crossing the line. That was horrible. That was that inappropriate. Out of line. Well, OK. Trump hasn't mentioned it at all. Trump doesn't even seem to care that his 10 year old son was made fun of. He's he, more concerned with his popularity. It's like. No, I had more people at my inauguration than ever. I broke record. I broke record. It's like, dude, if you did a treat condemning um, the person that crossed the line about your son, I would feel for you. But instead, you are focused on the biggest load of bullshit possible. No, you're not getting any sympathy from me because you are obviously are an asshole and don't have your priorities right. Okay, but here's the thing. is, I mean, it is par for the course for people to make fun of the president's kids. Yeah, it's, But it's not appropriate. And... It, you know, Not appropriate, it, it, but it is par for the. Well, we've seen it. Obama. Obama didn't get much, but yes, um, he did. Did he? There was remember, tons. Remember, yes. Um, Clinton, well, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. After, um, they they went Chelsea. after. Yeah, they went after oh, Chelsea. Yeah, but they yeah, were horrible with her. And, and they weren't bad about the Bushes girls. Some people. Um, well, there was stuff said about the Bushes girls well, too, but that but, came up because they were doing stupid stuff. Right, but um, there was racial slurs aimed okay. at at the at the Obama kids. Obama? Yeah, yeah. That would. And so, yeah, there, there was, there, there's always some stuff because, and while I would tend to agree that it's probably out of appropriate it, it, and out of line, um, it, it does happen. And I think largely, though, it was, for the most part, not reported. So that's right. probably a good but thing. But if, if you're going to go off on the press for um, things, to me, that um, going off my kids is one thing I would be pissed off and say, hey, listen, you crossed the line. And I would be tweeting about that. I wouldn't be so concerned about tweeting about, hey, you guys are busy being liars because you're telling the truth. But that, that's just a, a, something that talks to me about Trump's character. There are more people going to the Women's March than than uh, uh, to the inauguration. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Women's March was awesome. Yeah. So look out the pictures. Uh, most of my female friends on Facebook were there. So, all right. Well, right. I mean, thinking of his how well-behaved he is, Mark Hamill has been doing readings of his tweets <laughs> yeah. as, a, as, a as a joker yeah yeah all right so it sounds perfect all right <laughs> okay so well but here's the question was gwyneth paltrow's g gyn there <laughs> okay yeah this well, isn't this isn't by gwyneth paltrow's gynecologist but but it should be got... <laughs> I, I bet she was <laughs> there <laughs> so uh gwyneth paltrow uh has uh endorsed these uh, i think she's they're actually her product they're Little eggs made of jade. She's, you know, just put inside your vagina. Good for your health. It's 
some sort of, I guess you can do Kegel exercise with them. She, she actually apparently advocated like wearing them all the time, which even if you're doing Kegel exercises, uh, the gynecologist here is saying uh, it's, it's not a good idea to do Kegel exercises all the time. That's a thing that you, you want to give your vagina a rest. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, you get too tired then. So there is there there is a bunch of reasons to not to not use these. One because they're porous. Yeah, and, they're porous. Uh, okay, bacteria can build up in them. Yep. And um, cause what? What's the thing called that they can cause? Uh, oh, I forget what the name of it was. Bacterial vaginosis. Bacterial vaginosis. Yep. That, that sounds like a. Uh, you don't want that. Right. Yeah, it sounds okay, like so, a painful thing. So let me let me clarify here real quick. So these jade eggs are bad? Well, let me put it to you this way. There's a there well, no, just just answer yes the, or no. Are the Was- recommended. The Washington Post. No, Gwyneth Paltrow. Women should not put jade eggs in their vaginas. Gynecologists say. So so no, they're not good. Okay, so I can take these out then. <laughs> yes, you can take those out of your vagina. Okay. Is that the one you keep on your shelf? It's no. not going to hurt a latex vagina, by the way. You can you can store them there. I don't think that'll make uh, any difference for a drying out. Uh, are these supposed to lubricate? No, those would no, those would actually dry you out. Where's it, where's the actual are to keep you there to keep you in shape for your emperor? For your sorry, one moment. Third third paragraph. Read it. My issue begins with the very start of your post on jade eggs specifically, that queens and concubines use them to stay in shape for emperors. Nice. Nothing says female <laughs> empowerment more than the only reason to do this is for your man. And then the claim that they can balance hormones is quite simply biologically impossible. Okay, I'm back. I'm done laughing. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, man. I did find a beginner's website for exercises with jade eggs. But what I would like to see is is the site that shows Gwyneth Paltrow hawking them and what the claims are. Isn't the first the link in the article? It might very well be. Let's check it out. On a, on a thing called goop.com? Yeah. I saw the Forbes um, re- uh, referencing it. So does it tell us? Well, they're they're not cheap. Holy shit! That that little chunk of jade is going to cost you sixty six dollars. And how big is it? Because jade is not a particularly expensive. Um, I mean, it, it's not not like buying diamonds. Well, you can get a rose it quartz egg how hard for you, you. You can get a rose quartz egg for for eleven dollars less. Uh, oh, Ooh. wow! Is rose quartz less for us? So this is the. It's the Yonkey egg. Is that right? Yonkey? Yonkey? Uh, once the strictly guarded secret of Chinese concubines and royalty in antiquity. Oh, so, so because ancient, because people did it a thousand years ago, it's got to be good today. Harness the power of energy work, crystal healing, and Kegel like physical practice. So is goop.com Gwyneth Paltrow's site? I think or? it is. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Jade eggs power to clean cleanse and clean makes them ideal for detox too. Oh, so it's a detoxing agent. Okay, good, good. We're we're hitting on every single piece of bullshit that we can here. Yep. Well, I noticed that they're claiming that bras cause cancer. Oh, on her site, yeah. This is just the the this is it, I I have trouble reading stuff on like this anyway. But this is so badly written. I mean. Holy mackerel. I just wonder if they even have uh, spelling. 
I don't think the spelling is, or is the problem. Good. Uh, this anything pretty, for their this particular <laughs> jade is um, Nephrite jade has incredible cleaning. Oh, oh, it's telling me it's cleaning and uh, cleansing powers again. So they say the same thing twice. Oh, this is a quote from Shiva Rose. Oh, okay, and, and this is also good. This is important too. It's dark. It's uh, it's dark, deep green, and heavy. And is great. It's a great stone for taking away negative, taking away negativity. And, and it's definitely the one to start with. I'm I'm sensing a trend. I, I've, I've clicked a couple of links uh, for this Dr. Jen Gunter, and I've clicked a couple of links that she's put in the, the article here, and they all go to other things that she said about Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm sensing that she's not a big fan. Not a big fan, huh? Not a big fan of Gwyneth Paltrow. So, I mean, here's the thing is that it is it is typical New Age gobbledygook on her site. Yeah. So it's nice that it's... Gobbledy, no, no, gobbledygook. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. I bet... Yeah. Oh, man. This is good stuff. <laughs> this is where I bet you can buy her bees, right? Because she did the bee therapy. She, she's done everything on her site. She'll hawk anything. You know, I, I bet these make a great um, conversation uh, starter. You put them on your coffee table. Yeah. Let people pick them up, play with them a little bit. What are these? Those are my <laughs> vag- Those are my jade vagina junk. Uh. Let me tell a lot about your friends. So the filbury eggs wouldn't work? Sorry. The- no, I'm literally picturing you do that. You have them out there, the friend asks you, tell them what they are. You have these one friends that drop them. The other friend's like, ooh, really? Start smelling them? Okay. <laughs> Can, Don't yeah. you know are your true friends. Can you use a, fa- a Fabergé egg? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they might be a little big. I mean, can you use a Fabergé egg? Me, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Noted. I squish it. <laughs> uh, man, and she I don't is... think you want to crush him. No, I, you're probably right. Ah, well, that's a very feminine thing. I, I tell you, what, could you knit a little pouch to keep them in, dumbass? Oh, I would knit a pouch so hard. <laughs> you know how to knit? I, I have no idea. I do. Ho- I, I here. So. I do know how to knit, and I also know how to crochet. Good. I know. Oh, you're a girly man. I know. I also, and I also sew. Um, I, in what? fact, I sewed my own. I sewed my teepee. Is one. Of, was actually one of my uh, my projects in um, uh, in high school. And Brian, hey. we also know your wife's the one that keeps you locked in the kitchen. Right. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I do refuse hey, to be barefoot. Be a man like that is sex. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so, tell me why I'm not masculine, dumbass. Okay. So, uh, this is an article um, on things men would do if they weren't concerned about appearing masculine. So, like, as a as a guy. Some of us more than others uh, feel a certain amount of pressure to not do feminine things, to to not look like we're fem- doing feminine things, like knitting, as we said. Uh, one of the quotes from this is, I knit so hard, bro. Yeah. It's amazing. This is, it's from uh, responses to a Reddit thread about uh, what things would you do if it wasn't so uh, feminine or socially unacceptable. I love the picture of the so, guy uh, with... Some of the- uh, the guy with all the tattoos holding the very delicate teacup. I like it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yes. Well, the, 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 the sex roles that we have, the gender-specific roles, I think are a big reason why 
there's so many people scared of the whole transsexual thing. It could be, yeah. Because I, I, um, I, I know one guy, I was trying, okay, one of my friends on Facebook um, put up this insulting thing about gender. And I'm like, dude, you do, you, I, do you not understand the whole thing? Like, I in school, I learned there were two genders, male and female. I'm like, okay, that is the most basic, simplistic form of it. If you do studying, you learn that gender identity is far more complicated than that, far more broad, and this is scientific studies that get into it. And he w- he wouldn't listen to me. I look at him, and he's one of the guys that's a bit masculine. He's um, backwaters Kansas, where you know most likely um, everyone there has the idea of what a man does, what a woman does, kind of thing, what their roles are. And I I think the whole transgender <laughs> thing scares people like that because it's someone who is uh, you know a man saying, well, I don't, I'm going to go and do all the feminine stuff because I'm more comfortable with that. And that I think scares them more than anything. And you know, same way, a, a woman saying, I'm going to do all the masculine stuff. Because it confuses them. They want to be able to label everything so simple as male-female. And so knitting, it, I, I know guys that knit. I've never thought twice about it. It is a, you know, our culture would label that as a feminine um, hobby. Well, it, it, is a, it is a safety thing. People tend to reject what they consider alien. It's just that we have such a tight idea of what is what is alien, what doesn't belong in the group, and that's yeah. what needs to change. Yeah, but it scares I, them. The whole idea that they may be wrong about their own gender, I think, is, is a part of it. It's like, you know, I have to make sure I'm following all the ma- masculine stuff to ensure everyone that I am a male and there's nothing um, female about me because, yeah, no, no other reason, just because society has told me I have to be that way. And when do you want me to? When do you want me to come by and do your buzz cut? <laughs> Here's the thing: is I, that I may have already told you guys. I, I may have already told you guys this, but like in grade uh, grade six and seven, uh, my favorite booksies was Sweet Valley Twin. I, I thought it. You did, yeah, you did. I thought it was Sweet Valley High, but it's the Sweet Valley Twins series, huh? Sweet, Sweet Valley Twins comes before Sweet Valley High. I never read the Sweet Valley, <laughs> Valley oh. High books. This is, this is the okay. Sweet Valley Twins when they were uh, in public school. I was actually quite proud of my girlfriend when she told me that one year she had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle birthday party. But here's the thing is that there are yes. people that, that feel that these gender stereotypes are incredibly important to to making society function. That think that They think that these roles... If they break down, then our whole society breaks down. If men stop being masculine, then all of a sudden, right. our our everything that we know breaks down. But both and high it's heels- the same with girls. If you're not all girly, everything breaks down. And I broke that one so many times with you know fighting with people who thought that. But we know that's inaccurate. We know like high heel shoes and pink were both at one time masculine. Yes, mm-hmm. they changed exactly. You know, our society evolves. What, you know, the, the masculine and feminine roles don't make any sense because as time goes by, we alter them anyways. You know, Mac was busy giving me a hard time with my long hair just a moment ago. Long hair has been masculine in the past. It's been feminine in the past. Right now, I have long hair, which is becoming more of a masculine thing if you look at it, while women seem to be going more for short hair right now. Mm-hmm. So, but either way, I find a man who is willing to stand up for what he wants to do as being very sexy. <laughs> right, but here's the, here's the other problem. Is well, that- not to appear sexy, but, you know, I, I used <laughs> to argue all the time about my Sweet Valley Twins books. I, w- I would read them openly, and I made no apologies for it, and people gave me crap about it. I was like, they're, they're just regular books with females as the main character. Yeah. One of the problems that we have is that because people don't empathize with each other, and not everybody, but I think that these stereotypes per- 
prevent us from empathizing with other people, right? Because this is how things are supposed to be, and if they're not this way, they're bad. And so men should men should not knit. Well, why shouldn't a man knit? Because it's a girl's thing. Well, why is it a girl's thing? Well, because girls do it. Well, well, okay, that kind of breaks down at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that they're actually damaging to us psychologically. I think it, it's far better if people just do the thing, engage in the things that they like. And if we if we did that more, then we wouldn't have to stereotype people quite so much. And yeah. the other the other thing is is that you know we have this stereotype. Well, a man's got to be the breadwinner, breadwinner, right? And so and so we make sure that we don't pay women as much in the workplace. You know, to 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 give men the opportunity to make sure that they're bringing home the bacon. I had yeah. a I had a discussion with Sam where she was talking about. Um, I don't know who she was talking to, but this person was um, this person was basically like a CEO, but a female CEO of a company, but was expected to bring home. It's still being expected to basically just bring home a little purse money and let the let her man take care of everything. Yeah, well, yeah. At some point, though, this is going to break down because there are more women graduating college than men. So at, at what point, you know, are do uh, are women just going to be doing all the higher end executive roles because they're trained for them and, and men aren't? Well, they're starting in where uh, it used to be that even and it still is in many cases that children are taught specifically that this is what this role is and this is what that role is. But people are starting to say, chuck it. And my boy can play with little dolls and my girl can play with great big truck toys if they want and forget these stupidity roles if the kid wants to do it they can do it same with the adults and even with adults i've been seeing an awful lot more men who will i mean these big huge honking manly men you know with a little itty bitty dog or uh the cup or like you said you know just knitting whatsoever and well, we, can, we can go great. through a we can go through a couple of the things that people said in here like okay. one of them uh, wearing um, uh, fruity or flowery smelling perfumes, they they just smell good. Why? And they're like, why can't a man smell like that? Yeah, I don't think anybody should smell like that. Not not a man, <laughs> not a woman, nobody. The I just acceptable things for men to smell like is is leather and horses. No, I I think even those are terrible. I I, I I'm not a big fan of scents. Period. Uh, another another thing. One guy said uh, using a face mask. Uh, on his face, he, he said, "Like, he, yeah, one one of those uh, things that uh, exfoliates or whatever makes your skin nice and soft when you take it off." Okay. He says, "He says he's addicted to them and does them at least twice a week now." Yeah, maybe you should talk to a German dermatologist and find out if you should be doing them at all. Really? Do you think there's a danger in them? No, I don't know. I, just, I, just... <laughs> I think if they're not made out of jade, it's fine. <laughs> well, it's not stuck up his nose or anything, so. I don't know. That would be interesting because I mean, like, like um, dermatologists, the the recommendation is not to soap up your whole body, right? And so, in every in every soap commercial, um, people are soaping up their whole body, but really, soap should only be used, you know, in underarms and groin. That's a, That's about the extent of it. The rest of your the you rinse off the rest of your skin that, and it's self cleaning, anyway. right? Exactly. But so so I don't know. So I never, I never understood why I should wash my like legs and feet. I or whatever. I, I don't it's, know. It's silly. Well, if you have dirt on your feet, you're going to want to walk. Well, I mean, there's occasions when I think that it's appropriate, right? But no, I, I don't know. I don't some know that men, they're bad. Some men apparently would like to be the little spoon. Yeah, what does that mean? That means you, that they're the, on the inside you, when of you're the spooning. spooning. 
Oh. Yeah. Oh, I like to be the little spoon. Yeah, it's fine. Uh... A lot of men, if it was acceptable, they would love to wear yoga pants. Yeah, they, there's a time and a place for yoga pants. Yeah, the Renaissance <laughs> Festival. That, that's a fine time for them. <laughs> you can wear them, just wear something over top. I, I'm still we waiting for you to get to my to my favorite pants. one. I still What's remember the line one? from... Uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, my, my favorite one are, uh, are umbrella drinks. Fruity drinks. These things are fucking awesome. Anything, any drink that has an umbrella in it is awesome. I will order them. I mean, all the time. I love umbrella drinks. Anything with you know what? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't buy umbrella drinks, but I like making just like crushed ice and pina colada stuff. And sure. I, I actually mentioned this to a friend, and he's like, "Pina colada, that's like the girliest drink." Is yeah, it? I is, so. is is it more girly than a mai tai? A mai tai is pretty girly. I, uh, well, he was like, I was like, it's not the girliest drink. He's like, name another, a girlier drink. I said. Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. Yeah. We, yeah. He's like, okay, you got me. Dumbass, you like pina and coladas. Drink do you also like uh, getting caught in the rain? I hate getting caught in the rain. That's hard not to do in Houston. We get caught in the rain a lot down here. But yeah, I mean, uh, I drink a fruity alcoholic drink, no problem. Well, I think I've mentioned on here before that I have a I have a collection of what are what are pretty much deemed romance novels by this one author. She's no, a good author. Good. She's a good author. Yep. Author's name is Jane Ann Crench. She writes a damn good story. Oh, her, yeah. Okay. I I have a list of the nine girliest cocktails. Go right? for it. Okay. Oh, good. And the recipes are all here, too. <laughs> uh, it's called Pink Passion, the pink drink. This thing looks awesome. It's like a neon pink thing. A pink passion uh-huh. is two ounces peach schnapps. Two ounces tequila rose. Oh, that's where he gets his color from. Tequila rose is like a strawberry tequila. It's fabulous stuff. Uh, two splashes cranberry juice. One splash of lemon lime soda. Garnish with lemon twist. Okay, that's pretty. That 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 one's that one has a really awesome pink color. Okay, the next one, peach crush. Uh, it's the filthy drink. Ooh. <laughs> a a wow. yes. A peach crush is two ounces uh, vodka. One ounce triple sec, a splash of orange juice, a splash of soda water, and garnish with mint. All right, jump, jump to the number one. What do you mean? It says it's a list of nine most girly drinks. What's the number one most girly drink? Well, there's not in a. They're not. They're, it's not like okay. a, a, a top ten list. I'll I'll stop reading the ingredients. How about that? Okay. But this this one looks fantastic. It's a pink raspberry Cosmo. This one looks awesome. Um, the next one is a uh, sweet seacrest blue. A Tiffany Blue Drink. It has a cool color to it. It's really awesome looking. Uh, a frozen strawberry daiquiri, which I, I don't know. It's okay, it's yeah. I, I don't see why those would be considered girly. Sex on but. the Beach, which is a great drink. Um, classic mojito, which oh no, uh, yeah. Um, a mudslide. Okay, I, I don't know why that's girly. I don't. I don't know why no. that's girly either. Um, yeah. Sangria. Sangria is fucking awesome. It's wine and fruit. So there you oh, go. Oh yeah, that stuff is wonderful. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll, uh, so I don't know. There, there's some other ones. I mean, here's the problem with with calling drinks girly is that I mean, it's so, but because of the color or something, I mean, they're just so good. They are. I can't drink any of the alcohol ones, but I can have those drinks without the alcohol, and they're just wonderful. Because the only thing that men's alcohol is allowed to taste like is is beer and sadness. Beer and sadness. <laughs> And, I and, think I saw a thing. And rage and suppressed rage. Uh, here's the thing: is that the coolest drink on here, though, has got to be this, um, this pink passion. That thing looks fucking awesome. I'm totally gonna make that. 
I love that color. It is a wonderful color, but I wonder how I can get it without the alcohol. Well, okay, you can buy, you can buy, they have peach schnapps um, that you could just buy a peach syrup. The tequila rose is the tequila rose is going to be what's difficult because that's strawberry tequila. So maybe some sort of a strawberry cream um, mm. would would work in place of that. And then of course cranberry juice and and lime soda are easy. Easy. So yeah. so you could yeah we could recreate that as a non-alcoholic drink. Um, it's getting the a proper peach syrup uh, for the peach schnapps that's going to be important here. Yeah. And I think that and I think just some sort of like uh, strawberry cream will work to replace a tequila rose. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's make a non-alcoholic drink drink or non-alcoholic alcoholic drink place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Onwards. Onwards. And, and and upwards, but not really. Oh, what do we oh, okay, yeah. So um so if you drink all these drinks you're gonna end up fat and you're gonna have to go to the doctor and it's gonna be embarrassing, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good thing about Good segue. Yeah, th- thank you. <laughs> oh, editing's yeah. going to be fun this week. Oh, could, uh, yeah, I, I can hear you still. Okay, good. Okay. Um, so this is a little article about um, what it's like to go to the doctor as a fat person. There, there's a lot of stigma against fat people out there these days, and uh, it can be very hard for a fat person uh, to find a doctor that will actually, you know, uh, look at uh, the problem that that person is having and not go go off on their weight. So, like, um, uh, a couple of things uh, stand out to me. Like, one, uh, she's talking about going for uh, a problem she's having with her ears. And uh, as they always do, the lady takes takes her blood pressure, and she's, like, looking confused, and she tries again, and she's like, oh, this, uh, the blood pressure cuff must be uh, malfunctioning. Like, is something wrong? Well, it says that uh, that your blood pressure is normal, but that can't be right. You're fat. Fat people don't have uh, normal blood pressures, which right there is a – because it's just wrong, for one thing, st- statistically Prejudice. speaking. Yeah. Statistically speaking, most fat people do not have high blood pressure. Right. I mean, like, excess weight is a uh, risk factor. It's not a guarantee that you're going to get something. And uh, it's ex- it's heavily expected that the reason you've gotten that way is specifically from overeating. Which, uh, which again, is a fallacy. That's not that's not <clears throat> mm-hmm. necessarily the case. Yeah. Well, like, I have high blood pressure, but it runs in the family. My grandfather, who took extremely good care of himself, was extremely concerned with his health. He still had high blood pressure. So in yep. my case, it's a genetic thing. I, I could eat a better diet and everything if I wanted to, but it's probably not going to make that huge of a difference because it's just what I'm stuck with. All right. And so, like, yeah, this woman goes to the doctor for uh, both of her ears are infected. He gives her a prescription for some eardrops and stuff. And she's, like, asking anything else uh, she should do for the aftercare. And he's like, you should lose some weight, which uh, that is it's not what she went to the doctor for. Right. Right. And it, and it has nothing to do with her ears. But the doctor felt the need to uh, harp on that anyway. Parting shot. There's a couple yeah. of things, though, that really concern me about this story. So it, it makes me concerned because both of her ears got so infected that she couldn't hear. So this is, so it seems to me, most of the time when I've had ear problems, that I know long before it gets that bad that there's a problem. And so it concerns me that this person didn't want to go to the doctor so much that they ignored symptoms. Uh, and maybe that's not the case. 
But it does make me concerned that if you have so much anxiety by going to the doctor, that you will ignore symptoms to the point where they become right. a, a bigger problem. And maybe that didn't happen here, but it is a concern. The other thing well, that it, it looks like she was away from her normal from her normal doctors. Okay, but, so that could be a factor also. The the other concern here is that we have so mistrained our medical staff that instead of treating the person, they, they just want to come in and treat one symptom, one potential symptom, one risk factor, right? That that they that they are that they are so negligent in doing their jobs that um, that they can't see past this one risk factor, and that's a that's unfortunate. That's a real problem. Well, I had trouble this. Well, I didn't say anything about it to my doctor at the time, but there was one point of time that I mentioned that I had uh, not been able to eat very well because I wasn't hungry. And she said something to the extent of, well, that's not too bad for you. Yeah, that, okay. that's a little scary. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, that's one of the reasons that people do get fat is because they don't eat. Yeah. One of my, I, my doctor is, <clears throat> my doctor, my normal doctor is pretty good. But I had to go to the doctors one day due to a pain in my side, and I was not able to get to my regular doctor. Ended up seeing another doctor in the practice, and I, I really honestly felt like he spent his time divided between trying to impress the med student or person, the med student he had in there with him, and you know, basically deciding that. My problem was that I was overweight and I needed to go go and get an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And so essentially this guy took the one of the worst days of my life and made it far worse. Yeah, see, this is this is terrible bedside manner. And and it seems like it's a big problem in the medical field. It's a big problem all over. The first thing anywhere is about weight. Yeah. And it's one of the things that you're allowed to, to tease about still. Mm -hmm. Well, it it says in the article that you, you assume that the reason the person has got weight on them is because of a lack of self-control. Exactly. So it's it's that person's fault that they're fat. Yep. And therefore, because it's your fault that you are overweight, it's just fine to treat you like dirt or insult you. Yeah. You're fair game. Yeah. If, yeah. You're seen. It's a. It's seen as a moral failing, basically. Yep. Right. You see Anybody... people treat. You see people treat alcoholics an awful lot better than fat people because it's referred to as a disease. Yep. For alcoholism. But that's a choice as well, even if uh, it's an addiction as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it just seems like there there's way too much effort to judge about uh, these kinds of things. Exactly. Like, mm, I, guess, I guess, you know, we, no we've come a long way. We, we've come a long way in taking the judgment out of alcoholism. But, you know, maybe try to judge less about pretty much any other stuff as well. Problem is there's no effort that goes into it. It's, it's an automatic knee-jerk reaction. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it's, I don't have that problem. And so I can't really sympathize. I can, I can, you know, I can empathize a little bit because I can, because reading these stories, I can see what they're doing to people, but I don't get treated this way at the doctor. Yeah. Anybody here ever heard of uh, a singer named Alan Sherman? I've heard the name. name. Sounds familiar. His most famous thing was Hello Mudda, Hello Fada. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in on one of his albums, he did this thing talking about how he got fat. And he says, when I was growing up, my parents would tell me, clean the plate because children are starving. And yeah. So I would clean the plate five, six, sometimes seven times a day, thinking somehow 
that that would help the children. It didn't. They kept starving, and I got fat. Ooh. So when you see a fat person, do not mock that fat person. But instead, put your hand over your heart and say in a proud, happy voice, Hail to thee, fat person. You kept us out of war. <laughs> uh, all right. Are we going to talk about memory? Uh, uh, what? Uh, I forgot oh, we had what? that. What? what? <laughs> I forgot <laughs> we had that up there. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're going to end tonight on um, an interesting topic about false memories. Now, what false memories are, everyone has them. Um, it's been proven. Um, the second article I have listed here goes into the uh, experiment that showed even people with the best memories um, are susceptible to false memories. But basically what is uh, a false memory is a fabricated or distorted recollection. Let me start that over again. <laughs> <laughs> a false memory is a fabricated or distorted recollection. I am having a hard time doing that. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Go for it. Take it away. Right. You, who's going to take it away? <laughs> Mad Cat. Take oh. it. A false memory is a mental experience that is mistakenly taken to be a veridical representation of an event from one's personal past. Memories can be false in relatively minor ways, e.g. believing one last saw the keys in the kitchen when they were in the living room, and in major ways that have profound implications for oneself and others, e.g. mistakenly believing one is the originator of an idea or that one was sexually used as a child. So, it is well, essential... Go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> so basically, um, you know, we already know our memories are funky. That's why um, uh, in trials, having eyewitness accounts is not the best form of evidence, because people rewrite their memories as they go. And once more, like I said, the second article here from Time Magazine talks about an experiment where they went in and gave people lists of words. But what they would do is they would do trigger words like pillow, rest and stuff that would make people think of a bed, I think is what the example they give. And um, they'd ask, was bed one of the words? And people say, oh, yes, it was. I remember it clearly. And it's because they were, they, they were specifically manipulated to think of bed. And so they remembered bed. And even people that have extremely good memories um, still fell for it. They still would misremember things. And um, I forget how often. I, I, th I think it was um, the better memories generally had about four misremembered things, while um, some people went up to like 30. So, you know, memory, memory can be manipulated. We know this. Con artists know this. They use it. And it, it's definitely a um, fact that um, our memories are malleable. They can be manipulated. They can, we add stuff to it all the time. Um, so what started me on this was, um, I, I, I'd run across a few beforehand, but on, um, Facebook, they were talking about, um, Sinbad making a movie called Shazam. Sinbad's a comedian. He's not that well known. Um, and he doesn't have much of a career, but apparently all these people remember him having done a movie called Shazam. The descriptions are a lot like a Shaquille O'Neal movie, um, called Kazoo or something like that. Kazam. Kazam. Okay, so very close name, but people swear that that's not the movie. They hate that movie, but they love the one by Sinbad called Shazam. Um, and you will find apparently there's a whole discussion group on this of people claiming, and that, so this is a mass false memory, which happens. Um, it's called the Miranda effect, and one of the more interesting ones that reference to it is the spelling of the Berstein Bears, which apparently um some people are using to as uh, evidence that they're parallel universes. Saying, if you remember the <laughs> oh, very same word spelled with um, an E, 
basically, um, yeah. So, um, it, I, I know there's a slight pronunciation. Mac, you're good at this. What are the pronunciation differences? Um, Berenstain versus Berenstein. Okay. So, and Berenstein is the actual one that, um, in our universe exists, right? So, Berenstein, the, the other one with the E, um, all these people remember it. And it's the weirdest thing to me that they remember it being spelled that way. But apparently there are a huge um, batch of people out there that claim it's spelled with the E instead of the A. And they grew up that way and they always knew it. And so all those people, according to one of these sites, is actually from a different dimension. They tra- transferred <laughs> over. And the reality they came from, it was spelled differently. And that, that's one of those little evidence because everyone remembers it. But, of course, th- this one to me is one of the sillier ones because, like, I don't think I paid attention one bit as a kid to how that was. I don't think it mattered. Um, well, but that's it, the thing about it. Like when when you're reading something, uh, usually your brain just puts that word and interprets it as like a full image rather than spelling it out most of the time. And so when you see a name like Berenstein, uh, the more common uh, last name would be ending in Stein, S-T-E-I-N. So your your brain probably just most of the time will just substitute that because that's what it's used to. Yeah, and we know our mind does that. Our mind fills in blanks all the time. That's another thing with the false memory thing. Our brains fill in gaps as needed. So we don't, uh, because we don't necessarily need to take everything in, our minds say, okay, this is what's supposed to be there. And um, I, I think that's what's happening here with the uh, Berenstain Bears. Um, yeah, so- Could it also be a uh, geographical difference? Yeah. Because sometimes I have found that for some shows, uh, it is spelled different. Like in Canada as right. opposed to this U.S. Is, or in, in, this in, in Canada as in opposed case, to West. In this case, people have looked it up. They cannot find it spelled with the E anywhere. Here's the thing. There's is no that reference on There's, that a, there's a big all. thing going on on the, on, the, on the Internet where people are claiming that we're in, all, in an alternate universe. And what they're calling this is the um, – uh, what is it? The Mendeley? It's a Mendeley. What is it, man? Mandela. Mandela. Mandela They're calling it the Mandela effect, and so it's actually a big pseudoscience that is occurring um, currently as well. So it's not just obviously the idea that the people who remember Baron S T E I N are from an alternate universe, right? That's tongue in that's tongue in cheek, right? So So the idea is that Oscar Mayer, that like maybe Oscar Mayer, they people remember it spelled with an A, and so it really you will used to be spelled as an A in those people's alternate universe. Now, the Mandela effect refers to um, people remember positive that Nelson Mandela died in a jail cell in the 1980s. That's what it's a reference to. And um, okay. th- there's a lot of the stuff like that. I know Brian, I think, was the one that thought Mr. T was dead. Nope, that was not me. That, 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 was, so- that was Sam. That was Sam? Okay. we had. I, I know someone we knew that swore Mr. T was dead and she had seen the stuff on it and everything else like that. He's still um, on. Wow. I, I know... Um, one I I suffered from was The Simpsons had a character called um, Marvin Monroe, Doctor Marvin Monroe, who they killed off. Um, I could have sworn it there was an episode where he was killed off off screen. I'm, I'm positive that exists. It doesn't. Um, he was he, he was killed off off screen, but it was never mentioned. They never did anything big about. It. I could have sworn there was like a radio talking about his death in the background somewhere, something like that. I swear that happened. Um, but the character. That had a memorial hospital as a joke in one episode. Basically, apparently, they didn't want to continue doing the character, so they just stopped doing them. And so that, um, you know, they did a joke like that. And he came back in one episode doing a whole joke about how, oh, I thought you were dead. 
But well, I, I, like I said, I, I swear, I swear that there was an episode of The Simpsons where they had a radio re- news report talking about him dying in some way, but it doesn't exist. Hmm. And, you know, so th- th- there's all sorts of um, things like this. In the next one that I'm going to talk about, I also swear I, I, I know, um, remember it all. It's called One, uh, Wonder Bread He-Man. Now, <clears throat> what Wonder Bread He-Man is, it's an action figure that does exist. It's, it's basic he- original He-Man figure from um, the early 80s. The difference is he has brown hair and a brown loincloth that matches. And, and um, before anyone starts saying, oh, it's a repaint, no, people did not go out. There, there are fakes out there, but there are original ones that have proven that, no, this is not something that some fan repainted to make different. There are actual ones that were produced that way. Now, the problem is Mattel has no record of these figures. They don't know where they came from. The company that produced them is saying, actually, we don't know how they got out there. Um, most of the fans, and I'm one of them that believes it, believes that the company Wonder Bread did a mail away promotion. I swear to you, I remember seeing in the grocery stores displays promoting um, the mail away promotion. Wonder Bread has no record of ever doing that promotion. There is no packaging or anything from that promotion. But I, you know, thinking back to that time, I remember seeing that. Now, Wonder Bread did do a He-Man card where they had you know, collector cards. That they have evidence, but they have no evidence of ever doing a mail-away promotion. But the, we know the figures exist. There's been a few things that have come up showing possibly how the figure um, got through. It look, um, basically, all the stuff refers to it being probably an early design of He-Man that got produced that um, the figures were sitting and um, they were trying to figure out how to get rid of them. One person claims he got his through a Toys R Us promotion. That if you bought so many figures... And the new man, uh, Manny Faces figures you could send away and get the um, this He-Man figure. But the He-Man figure he has doesn't match up to the um, Wonder Bread He-Man um, that people have seen. There's a slight difference in what it came with. So it's a whole big mystery. As this figure that is out there, it's collectible. It's um, really rare and goes for a high price if you have one. We know it exists. Mattel's not sure how um, it got into circulation. Wonder Bread claims they never did a promotion for it. But so what Mattel did, Mattel's actually doing the He-Man figures right now, but you have, have to go online to order them. And they do special figures within that, really cool ones. So they actually did a figure called Wondar, which is basically a, a He-Man figure painted like the Wonder Bread He-Man. And they gave a whole backstory to him, and they even included a, um accessory of a um, loaf of bread, just to go along with the... um mystery of it that is cool though that that i mean because clearly they had to have made the figure at some point yeah right well for that matter you remember the rocket firing boba fett ian right that people are absolutely convinced they that they've seen it that it's real but kenner says they never released it because they had to pull it because of uh, a kid getting a, right. a missile from a colonial viper shot into his throat but yeah. then it could have people who could have gotten it before that child got hurt and they just got rid of all the evidence. I mean, they just <laughs> yeah. That, that that one's not as big of a mystery. People claim they had it. That that I could see a few of the prototypes of that having gotten shipped out as the regular ones. Well, you know, uh, records get misfiled and stuff all the time. Yeah, and a company that makes so many freaking toys, you could expect at some point of time they're going to have to reduce or get rid of stock that has never sold or did not sell very well or the promotion to go well and you don't have to keep records how long are they going to keep the records about a toy that was made when was this one made supposedly made um i think he came out in 82 i want to say okay so 81 82 it came out so the toy the other toy yeah 
it. But still, it's one of those things. A, a bunch of people remember it, but they have no evidence of the existence of it. And um, knowing memory and how flexible it is, you know, what really happened is, it, you know, it's one of those things like, okay, you, you think it, something would not? be there. Yeah. I've had a you memory know? for years that I watched the 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 uh, Challenger disaster live on TV, but I am I'm I'm not sure where I would have watched it. And I'm not sure because I thought I watched it in school and it turns out that, that took place in 1986 and I wouldn't have been in school. Yeah, well, I have a reverse one of that also. Um, there's a thing called the Star Wars Holiday Special, where basically uh, done, you know, the, the year after Star Wars came out because of the popularity of it. I apparently saw that as a kid because I remembered for the longest time Chewbacca's son um, walking along a banister looking down into um, a pit, which is the um, into the deep depths of Kashuk. Um, I had no idea where that came from. Because they never played it again. Because it was, you, if you ever watch it, you know why they never played it again. It only exists right now on pirated videotapes. Yeah, but it I've only exists it. on pirated videotapes. So for about 20 years, I had no idea. You know, I have this memory of something that I, it's like, where did this come from? It's not any of the movies. Um, I, I have a children's book of Chewbacca's family, but no, this is a live action one. Did I get the children's book, read it, and dream it, or what? Until finally I was at uh, this um, store story that used to exist in downtown Denver called Atomics, and he would play his pirated videos all the time. And he was playing them like, that's it! Oh my god, I'm not losing my mind, it does exist! So, <laughs> you know, that, that was just the reverse. It's a memory I had of something that didn't seem like it existed. But okay, it is real. It was very comforting, because like, okay, good. <laughs> it's not just something that I made up. But no, memory is, I, I mean, looking at this stuff, memory is such a, an intriguing thing that we put so much faith in. And are so scared of when it's not working right. But we already know memory is one messed up little bit and can play all sorts of games with it. Right, but it's because it doesn't work 100% the way that it does that we get so many pseudosciences around it, so many claims. Yeah. And and like you say, it is easy to do. And it's unfortunate that, you know, it uses such, um, as eyewitness ter- testimony is considered some of the highest, you know, um, evidence in court. And it's terrible. We know it's terrible. Oh yeah, and re- and repressed memories too. Like the, yeah, that the bullshit, idea that hypnosis yeah. can get get out repressed memories. That's another way of implanting false memories. Yep, yep. and yep. it's been proven. It's been proven that it does that. Yet people still have faith in it. And no, our our minds are a very complicated, messed up thing that um love to love to play games and do all sorts of weird little tricks on us. And you know, the, and and you keep strong. hearing about. It. Oh yeah. But I think that's a sense of self. We want to believe that our minds aren't doing that to us. We want to believe our memories are solid and that we can depend on them. And the, the, I, I very much understand the fear of, wait a minute, my mind did what to me now? Yeah. You know, it, it's not very comforting to know that your mind can play those, um, those make, make such mistakes and make you doubt what you think you know. Well, it's very uncomfortable, too, when you start having um, some kind of reaction to things almost as if you have Alzheimer's um, and you start not knowing where time goes or not realizing that something is not true and such uh, because of illnesses or whatever, or even on medications that messes you up. Yeah. And it is extremely uh, frustrating and fearful that you may not know what you think you well, and it's things that you think that you do know very strongly can be wrong. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's one what, what, what reason why I think these people like to believe in the alternate dimension thing. Because it says their mind isn't messing with them. 
and their mind's working right, the reality is what's messed up. Well, that's where the socks go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where do the socks go? Not sure. Back to Boston, mainly. <laughs> Boston? Yeah. Uh, all right. Socks monsters. Anything else? I think we're good. All right. I think we're done. Say goodnight, everybody. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time, you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennold. Find more Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Board. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.